it's funny because when we had originally uh, like launched Hard Knocks, the goal was to target primarily just like kids who were in like high school. So oh, we really? wanted to try to get that demographic of kids that were kind of like going into college because a lot of kids that, that are in high school, they're, uh, there's a heavy, heavy influence on them for maybe their families that are like, hey, like you're going to go the typical route of go to school, get a job, start a family, pay bills, and then you die. That's kind of like the cycle, right? And so a lot of people go through that route. Uh, but but they don't know that, you know, there's a lot of other options that you can take. You know, some people have no passion for various aspects of school or, or maybe they want to go into trades or maybe, you know, they don't necessarily know exactly what they want to do. So we wanted to kind of, again, kind of connect with people in a whole bunch of different industries to maybe help people find like a piece of advice or some sort of like guidance that may be able to like help. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Yeah, welcome back to the podcast. You are about to listen to one of the coolest podcasts I have ever recorded. I just interviewed James Dumoulin, who is the co-creator of the School of Hard Knocks media platform. If you don't follow the School of Hard Knocks, run, don't walk, go follow them right now. And if you have children under the age of 30, please encourage them to follow these guys as well. It was such a gift to get to interview James, smart man at only 20 years of age. Let me tell you, the world needs more 20 year olds like James and his brother and his partner, the three of them who have created this platform. Today, we talk all about the lessons that he's learned along the way, where they're taking the platform and a few things that he thinks every young person should probably know about life finances you guys it was such a gift and james please tell your parents congratulations y'all welcome back to the show today i'm very excited i have a guy that i just found out i could be his fucking mother <laughs> i'm that old and he is that young but the way i found james is my husband has been a huge fan of james account the school of hard knocks with a z at the end for a really long time and i reached out to you and your team and i appreciate you being here today Absolutely. Very happy to be here. Thanks for reaching yeah. out. Oh my God. Of course. This is so fun. So if you guys have not checked out the Instagram account yet, the school of hard knocks, I would highly recommend go checking it out because it's everything that I kind of have preached about for such a long time. And James has done a fantastic job. You were just telling me that you guys have over 1.4 million um, different viewers in all of your platforms, Instagram, YouTube, all of the things. Yeah. So across, I think Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and TikTok, we have 1.4 million followers. Oh my God, that's so sick. So I want to take it back to the beginning. So I don't know anything about you, but I've been following along and I would love to know how in the hell did this start for you guys, for you and your brother? And you have a partner as well, right? Our third partner is Josh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So take yeah. me back. How did this start? Absolutely. So I guess I'll kind of go way back to like my childhood and kind of just kind of like how yeah. that's where we are now. So uh, kind of grew up, I was born in like the Washington DC like uh, area, I was born in Virginia. 
and actually ended up from six to 10, I spent my childhood, I lived in South Korea. Uh, my dad was uh, stationed overseas. He was the garrison commander. So he was in charge of the largest overseas military base in the world at Camp Humphreys in South Korea. And so after six to 10, ended up spending 10 to 18 back in the DC area. My dad was at the Pentagon, got out, kind of went the typical contracting government defense route. And, you know, through that process, uh, my brother and I, um, funny enough, we met our third partner when we lived in the DC area. At the time, we had no idea that we were ever going to work together or do anything like this, but we were uh, all in the same Boy Scout troop. So we all became Eagle Scouts together, uh, but we all eagled out at different timelines. So our partner, Josh, who's 24, my brother, Jack's 22, and I'm 20. Um, when, you know, Josh, he kind of graduated high school, went off to college and uh, ended up dropping out to a digital marketing agency. My brother had moved out to Austin to go to the University of Texas. And um, I followed him two years after. So that's kind of how I ended up in Austin. And now we're, we're all in Austin. But I know that he's kind of like all over the place. But to kind of get back to the core, like how Hard Knocks started is so um, there's two really ultimate factors. So we were very blessed and fortunate growing up to have a lot of great mentors around us. As I said, my dad you know, had a very successful career in the military. You know, we had from uncles to scoutmasters to baseball coaches. We always had a lot of great mentors, but our peers didn't necessarily have that. So we figured that a, a big reason kind of why Hard Knocks came about was because, you know, we wanted to kind of help service kind of like a mentors at scale to where, you know, at, we, we firmly believe that like everybody has their own perspective and there's some form of value that, you know, can be derived from any person. You know, even if they may not be a super crazy entrepreneur, like everybody really does have perspective that somebody can, you know, learn from it some way. Um, but, but ultimately, um, when I, when I had moved out to Austin, uh, around 2020, so this is my freshman year, this is like before Hard Knocks, this is like two or three years ago, I had gotten really heavily into content creation. So I had grew my personal TikTok, not Hard Knocks, just personal content where it would kind of be motivational, self-improvement, maybe a little boxing and fitness content here and there. I'd grown it to about a million followers. And um, as I said, my friend Josh was doing a, running a digital marketing agency and my brother um, who had was working for a big company in Austin ended up leaving that company to kind of pursue and do his own thing. So he started consulting. He was getting clients in a bunch of different states. So we were all individually doing our own things, like entrepreneurially. I was content. My brother was kind of consulting software automation. And our other partner, Josh, was doing uh, digital marketing. Um, and prior to uh, permanently, I guess, moving out to Austin, we had reconnected one time at a friend's house. And the one thing to really note about like the Washington, D.C. area is that it's a very strict and structured city, right? It's very centered around when you think of D.C., of government jobs, you think of politics, you think of contract, you think of defense. You don't think it's not very entrepreneurial. It's not very collaborative. So when you find those people in that area that are, it's like, you know, you kind of want to want to stick around. And so when we had connected Josh, with Josh years later, after not, you know, really seeing him since scouts, uh, he kind of had pitched us the idea of potentially doing something together. So Jack and I, you know, I permanently moved out to Austin, was going there for school, was still doing content, got on a couple calls, and eventually we created a channel uh, that was called The School of Hard Knocks. At the very beginning of it, it was just uh, Jack, Josh, and I that were making the content ourselves, talking about, you know, business stories or stuff that, you know, that has helped us and our own journeys. And we grew to about 25,000 followers, but we quickly realized that most people do not give a shit about hearing, a, you know, young 20 year old kids talk about business. You know, we just, we had a long ways to go in our careers and, and our journey as entrepreneurs before, like we were just going to be able to just create a massive audience and following around it. But we're like, Hey, 
we know how to deliver the content. We understand the algorithms, like we know how to go viral. And we love to network and connect with people. So like, what if we can really, you know, start out in Austin, but eventually go all over, you know, connecting with some of the biggest business owners or entrepreneurs and just really, you know, have conversations and deliver their value uh, to help younger people. And so, as I said before, the root of it was A, the kind of the all, our peers not having those great mentors of people in their lives. So we wanted to help service the mentors at scale. But we also had a lot of discrepancies the way financial literacy was kind of taught throughout school. Beginning from high school and all the way through college, it's, there's just a big lack of it. You know, they don't talk or teach the difference between owning and renting a home or the importance of maintaining good credit, how to find a good job in the real world. Like a lot of that stuff, it's missing and kids need that. And so if you look at how kids are really consuming information in today's world, it's, it's through short form content. It's those quick dopamine hits, you know, but there's so much crap that's on social media. So we're like, hey, what if we can kind of bridge the gap, help provide value, help educate, um, and just kind of really be like an informative uh, channel to, you know, really help people out. And so that was, I know that was kind of all over the place. It wasn't super like structured, but that's kind of like how it ultimately came about. Oh my gosh, that's absolutely brilliant. First of all, your parents must be phenomenal because you speak extremely well. You know how to communicate really well. Obviously, that's part of what you do. Um, there's just Thank so you. many questions I have, but are you still actually in school? I am actually, yeah. You I, are? I, well, 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 and the only reason being is, and that's the thing is like, I'm a firm believer that we are in a very skill set based economy. A skill set I think is way more important than education. And I've gotten way more outside of school than actually going to school. But I, but at the time that Hard Knocks really like had taken off and really started to like do well, I'm already, I'm now like, I've got one semester left after this one. And I've been able to kind of automate and have all my classes like be remote, which has been nice. So, you know, if I were, you know, just starting out in college, I probably wouldn't do it now. But just because it's like, I got one semester left and I had a pretty good deal to come down to UT. Um, I was just like, you might as well just, just get it done, you know? Yeah, just get the piece of paper for sure. I was actually watching one of your videos where the guy's like, yeah, I just got the piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, I got the piece yeah. of paper too. Like My husband got the yeah. piece of paper too, but really at the end of the day, another one of us are doing that. Um, I actually totally agree with what you, what you said mm -hmm. in regards to like, they're not teaching kids anything in schools in regards yeah. to like real life situations. You know, I was even asked, so I know you don't know me, but I was a professional golfer for ages. And then before I got into this and I literally have been asked to come out and help kids like kids. I say kids, people your age um, communicate, even just carrying on a conversation. I mean, most people your age, and maybe that's, that's too much of a generalization, but there's a lot of people in your age demographic that don't even know how to communicate. I used to call myself a human connection expert on the golf course. Cause really at the end of the day, if you can communicate with someone, it doesn't matter if they're worth a dollar or a billion dollars. I mean, you really have an upper hand and obviously you have that skill set. I think in the pandemic, if parents would have kept their kids at home, taught them like real life skills, like financial skills, communication skills, how to like run a home. I mean, our kids would be in such a better place, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. Yes, it's so crazy. So um, nowadays, so now, so when has, when did the channel really start taking off? So I would say, uh, I want to say probably around, it was like late, late summer 2021. Late summer okay. 2021 is when we, is when we really kind of transitioned to doing more of kind of like the interviews with, with other people. And we started out really just going around downtown Austin and just finding people off the street, just asking them, hey, like, you know, if you want to talk to me, kind of like what industry you're in, you know, what advice you have for the younger generation. Um, and then eventually, as we really started to get traction and grow, then it turned more into because we were, you know, becoming a lot more like credible and our following was getting a lot bigger, we would have people from, you know, real estate brokerages or tech startups or 
all these different types of companies that would reach out to us and be like, hey, you know, we really think we should uh, interview our CEO. If you want to set something up, we can come in or you guys can go do something on the street or something like that. And so so it kind of, um, you know, the way we kind of get people for interviews, it really just depends. We'll go to big events and conferences and, and snag interviews there. You know, I, I we still love kind of like the street style of just, uh, like, I don't know if you've seen some of our videos where, you know, we'll just like walk up to people. Oh, I've seen a ton of your videos. And, Absolutely. And, and, I love the content. And, and, and that's the thing is like, we, we won't even like ask people like, Hey, can we, you know, can you be in a video? Some of them, it depends on the person and maybe like they're having a conversation or doing something. It's like, then we'll go up and ask them if they want to do an interview. But a lot of them, like you'll see, we'll literally just walk up to people, record them and it'll turn into like a 20 minute interview. And we, we, you know, we won't even ask them in advance and, you know, start off with one question, turn into five, 10, 15. And so it's, uh, it's, it's really neat. Is that how it organically started? You literally were just walking around in Austin and you just looked at people and be like, oh, they look successful or they have, you know, they have a nice watch or driving a nice car or something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, some people just have that look and, and you just, you know, kind of want to uh, go out, you know, and see, because that's the thing is, is we, we kind of had the back of our minds when we were originally doing the content ourselves that we had thought about kind of like doing like the interview style video. Um, you know, uh, we've never really had an issue with kind of like approaching people or just, you know, starting, you know, conversations and stuff like that. And so we would literally just go up to people downtown Austin and just be like, hey, we, you know, started a media channel. What if you know if we could ask you a couple of questions on kind of the advice that you tell the younger generation? And eventually, uh, like, as I said, as it kind of grew bigger, then there would be a lot more people would reach out to us or we would kind of be outbound and reach out to other people. Um, but yeah, that's how it worked. I mean, we really, uh, so we did an interview with Mark Cuban. Last I saw that. Week. Was that organic or was that like he, set up? So, no. So he was literally, uh, so he was down here for South by Southwest this past year. And um, he had just finished up like a, he was on like a panel. He was speaking right out front, talking to somebody. And my brother and I literally just walked up to him and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we, we love what you do. Is, is it cool if we uh, kind of just do an interview with you? He was super receptive down to it and ended up having like a cool conversation with him and you know was honestly like a super nice guy i know that you know politically he's kind of you know i'm not the biggest fan of him necessarily but um you know honestly though he is like a, a solid entrepreneur obviously very renowned and um honestly it was a uh, it was great to kind of be able to talk to him that's so cool you know one of my first interviews on this podcast you may know him his name is omar elitar do you follow omar okay. It sounds really familiar. You should really look at him. He's a huge content creator now, and he's got a podcast. And um, his like he was broke as a joke, and he talked about having to borrow the money for gas to get outside Mastros in California. He knew I think it was um it was either Grant Cardone or Ed Milet was going to be at Mastros, and he knew like he kind of had an insider information that that person was going to be there, and he waited outside the restaurant to get his very first interview. And now he has a massive platform, and his podcast is the Passionate Few, and he makes a fortune off of interviewing like billionaires and millionaires and things like that. But it was very similar to what you talked about. You just had the guts to ask, you know, this podcast is all, everything I talk about is decision, faith and action and making a decision to do something. And I know the reason, one of the main reasons why I wanted to reach out to you is because so many people, especially young people say they want to do what you're doing, but they never take the action to actually fucking do it. Right. Like they just don't do it. Like you guys have actually done the damn thing, which is so damn cool. So now do you guys actually, I'd love to know if you don't mind me asking. So now do you guys monetize the interviews that are coming in? Like do people pay to be on your platform now? A little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we had gotten pretty fortunate to get into some pretty cool like, monetization programs on some of the platforms. So, uh, Facebook, you know, TikTok isn't the best monetization, but, um, and then Instagram. So, so. 
uh, we've been able to kind of monetize on all the platforms and uh, a big part of it's kind of been like doing brand deals. So like, you know, we'll have like software companies or various apps and stuff like that. And they'll reach out to us and, you know, we'll kind of like, you know, promote their, their company or their software as long as it kind of aligns and, you know, we kind of like try to vet them a little bit, make sure it's not like a super like scammy thing. Um, and so brand deals and like out of revenues have we really been able to like monetize like full full time with this. There are a lot of kind of like plans like in the works like very soon. Like we definitely kind of want to come out with some sort of like luxury like apparel that we think would be really cool for entrepreneurs and also some kind of like longer term plays as well. Um, I think the ultimate goal with Hard Knocks is that we really want to eventually become like the barstool sports of business content. So we've been having these conversations a lot. It's what a lot of people get wrong about. So Barstool Sports, they're not a media company. They're a media ownership company, right? And so that's kind of like our thing. It's like we have we have our main channel. We love it. Our goal is to, you know, how can we get from 1.4 million to eventually three to five to 10 million followers? And so scale that channel, but then eventually bring other talent and other people in and other concepts because there really is like a, a big lack of, you know, business content that's out there in the sense that the, I think the most viewed like television uh, business show only does like a million viewers, which is like nothing for like cable television. Granted, everybody's transitioning off of cable television. Everything's going on demand. But even that in itself, it just kind of shows that there's a lack of it. And so it's like, that's where there's like a huge opportunity here that we can kind of, especially on like social media, kind of like help bridge that gap. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, Dave Pomeroy is like <laughs> one of the biggest people ever. Like, I mean, and, and even, do you guys know, I'm assuming, you know, like the full send podcast guys. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like what they've done is absolutely incredible as well. I followed Bob Menery way back in the day because he started doing the uh, golf stuff. So I knew him from like the golf world. But yeah, those boys have blown up as well. And now they have so many different products and all the things. Um, I'd love to know, like, especially for your demographic, like the, like is that is that who you guys market to? Like, is that your main demographic, like 20, 20, 30 year olds type of thing? So... Yeah, so it's funny because when we had originally uh, like launched Hard Knocks, the goal was to target primarily just like kids who were in like high school. So oh, we really? wanted to try to get that demographic of kids that were kind of like going into college because a lot of kids that, that are in high school, they're, uh, there's a heavy, heavy influence on them for maybe their families that are like, hey, like you're going to go the typical route of go to school, get a job, start a family, pay bills, and then you die. That's kind of like the cycle, right? And so a lot of people go through that route. Uh, but but they don't know that, you know, there's a lot of other options that you can take. You know, some people have no passion for various aspects of school or, or wanting to, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they want to go into trades or maybe, you know, they don't necessarily know exactly what they want to do. So we wanted to kind of, again, kind of connect with people in a whole bunch of different industries to maybe help people find like a piece of advice or some sort of like guidance that maybe be able to like help them. So the original goal was set up to target like high school people, but then quickly realized as we really started to grow and scale and see our kind of audience demographics on the different platforms. Um, it's really those people who are kind of, I want to say mid to late twenties and into their thirties, because it's, it's almost that age range of like people are, okay, what the fuck? I'm in the real world. The demographic people are like, I'm, I'm in the real world. Like, what do I do? Like I, I fucked around in college. Now I'm here. Like I, I need to kind of like figure out the plan and like what to do. And so that's kind of like where like they found our content to kind of like really help them and see people with different perspectives and, you know, maybe that maybe a couple of steps ahead of them and, and it can give them some, you know, kind of uh, like an influence on them to kind of help them get there. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. And you know what? You're bang on because I've worked with people, you know, for years, five and a half years now as, as the coach. And it's so, so interesting because my demographic that really kind of has that like aha, like rock bottom <clears throat> moment is like 25 to 29 years of age. Like that is the like holy shit moment. But I feel like between 20 and 30, I was actually doing a podcast just a couple of weeks ago with the number one horse trainer in the world. I know it's kind of random, but uh, he always said, between 20 and 30, if you can just do anything and everything to learn every lesson and work your fucking ass off between 20 and 30, that is the years where really you have unlimited energy. You have like really no responsibilities. <clears throat> I'm assuming none of you guys are like married or have kids or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. You're totally free. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's the thing too, is it's so, it's so common. Like when we're talking to a lot of these people, you know, one of the most common pieces of advice that we'll hear is it's like they, people wish that they would have taken more risks when they were younger yes. before they had all those responsibilities and obligations. Because once you, like you said, you're, you have, you're, you're obligated to, you have a family that you have to provide for and all these different things. Now it's a lot harder to kind of pursue your passions and really do the things that you want to do. And now, you know, you have to rely on that safety net of that consistent money coming in. And you're so much less likely to kind of leave that safety net and go all in with like what you want to do. So, I mean, I completely agree with that in the sense that, you know, it is so, you know, common that we hear people that they tell us, it's like, you know, take that risk when you're young, go all in, you know, take the risk or lose the chance. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. So what are the best pieces? Like what have you guys have been doing this for obviously like a few years now? Like what advice have you thought is like the best advice? What are like the main takeaways that you yourself and your brother and your partner, Josh, like what do you guys really go? You know what? We're like, this is the common theme. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, relationships are the most important thing in the world. You know, people can take you places that money can't. And I say that because I mean, if, if you look, um, you know, but I, I'm also an advocate though, uh, you know, we were just having this conversation the other day about like, you know, like, like networking advice and like what you tell other people, it's like, uh, you have to find a way to provide value for people because if not, you know, if you're trying to, you know, roll with certain circles or be in, you know, certain groups of people, uh, those people, like you, you can't kind of like reach off them, like they, you, you want to have to find a way to provide value for them. Maybe it's, uh, through content or just kind of really developing a skill, but I would say absolutely number one. I mean, relationships are just the most important thing. And I think it starts with, you know, if, you know, because if, if I, I love the saying, it's like if you surround yourself, you know, with, with five people who are millionaires or five people who are driving a Ferrari, you know, there's a very good chance that you're going to be that sixth person. But if you're surrounding yourself with, you know, five guys who are just fucking off in their bones, it's a good chance that you're going to be the sixth one. So I think that that's a, a very important one. And really just getting yourselves in the right room, surrounding yourself with the right people. That's been huge for us. Um, you know, and again, surrounding yourself with people who are good at what you're not good at. So, you know, understanding like your strengths, but also your weaknesses that way, especially if you're trying to go into business, you know, maybe you're just not good with accounting or finances and it's like, okay, we need to get like a CFO or someone in here who really can know how to manage the money and, and, and allocate it to certain places where we can really fully benefit it and, and maximize the money that we're getting. Um, so I think that that's super important. A big thing also is, 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 is just like starting sooner. So a lot of people, they live with, uh, in their heads with, with an idea. And it's always that mentality of, oh, you know, you're going to keep letting it dwell and we'll do it in three months. Well, then three months turns into six and then it turns into a year. But it's like, if you can just gradually build and build and build and just start, 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 it's like the progress, it's going to be in the proof. It's going to be in the horse. And if you just trust that process and it's just going to grow and grow and develop and it can turn into something that, you know, it's just like with hard knocks. It's like, it just started with a couple of interviews, started to get traction. You just kept building and building and building and building and building. 
And then it just turned into like a really big like media conglomerate to where it's like, you know, we've been able to, you know, meet some incredible people, open up some incredible opportunities to kind of go full time doing something that we really love. Um, and eventually it just, it just has opened like so many doors for us. And so, um, and then, you know, I, I, I'm a big advocate of, like I said earlier, it's kind of like take the risk or lose the chance. You know, uh, it's that like third door policy. It's like you go into a nightclub, you try to get in the front. It's, it's, it's VIP only, like you're not getting in, you go to the back door. Uh, it's, it's, you're not getting let in. It's like, you have to find a way like that third door to get in. So it's like, it's almost kind of that mindset of like, like not taking no for an answer. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, in sales, you know, they say it takes five minutes to get a yes. Problem is, is a lot of people, they get that first rejection. They're like, I can't do it. It's just like, it's overcoming that fear factor. Um, and, and, you know, what other people have to say, kind of blocking all, all that noise out and, and just, you know, if, 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 if there's a will, there's a way. And if you have the, uh, the drive that the like anything's possible. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah. And it's exactly the reason why I wanted you on the podcast. Cause like so many people say they want to start something and no one actually takes the action. Like you just have to decide, like my whole brand is decide it's your turn. You know, I was just interviewing a woman um, who started the, the Trader Joe's account, you know, Trader Joe's, the grocery store. She has like yeah. the main Trader Joe's account, like the actual Trader Joe's account before Trader Joe's even did social media. And she's like, I just started like I had no idea yeah. what it was going to do and I'm sure just like yourself and your brothers like you guys didn't really know how, what this was going to turn out to be but you had to you had to do something right yeah yeah hey y'all it's Christina if you've listened to this podcast a while you probably heard me talk about my clients and the reason for that is I'm obsessed with them and they're obsessed with their results Having been a one-on-one -on -one coach for over five and a half years and being voted the top confidence coach in 2020, I can firmly tell you there is not a faster way to success than having someone hold you consistent, confident, and give you the clarity you need to achieve your personal and professional goals. In 2023, I am doing something that no one else in the coaching industry does, and that's allowing you to have me as your one-on-one -on -one coach for less than $300 a month. So if you've ever thought about one-on-one -on -one coaching and didn't think it was possible for you, I would encourage you to text me the word COACH to 501-222-3362. And I can tell you what it would look like to have you and I together in a one-on-one -on -one coaching capacity for the next year to make sure you are deciding it is your turn to hit the goals that you have decided for in 2023. Again, text me the word COACH to 501-222-3362. You can send me a message on Instagram at bchristina or check the show notes for more details. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, in regards to the third door. So obviously, are you guys into self-development? Like, is this something that you, like, are you into mindset work? Are you into like all of that kind of stuff? I'd say a decent amount, yeah. The, the, one, the one thing that I need to get a lot better at is reading and that's something okay. that like I'm trying to like work on. But um as far as yeah, I mean I mean definitely I'm I'm a huge I'm I'm very like like big in, in on like fitness and stuff like that and just consistency and just like always like showing up and just really trying to become like the best version of yourself like physically and mentally. Something that's been really big this last year for me is kind of getting more serious about like my faith and kind of really developing and, and, and establishing that like vertical line with God. Cause it's like at the end of the day like that's the most important thing in the world. And that's really the only thing that truly does matter. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. We're so in alignment there. You know, I always say like decision, faith and action are the things like faith. I don't care if it's doorknob to you. It's, it's God to me, but you like, it makes the experience of life that much better because you're going to get your ass kicked more times than you're going to win. And unless you have that faith to know, okay, like this has to be happening for a reason. I mean, I've had so many situations and I'm sure, you know, you've had a few as well in, in your life, but like, there's been so many closed doors that when they're happening, you know, you just, you can't imagine that they're happening for a good reason. But whenever you're able to look back in life, you're like, oh, it makes so much sense now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that that's the thing is, um, you know, especially I think the biggest realization for me was that when you really, you know, think about the things that you want in life, whether it's money or people, relationships, all those things, at the end of the day, that's a dying dead road. That doesn't last forever. The only thing that really does is, you know, that eternal life that you can kind of establish with God, like if, if you choose to have that relationship. And so that's why it's something that I've really been trying to develop and just get better and surround myself with people who are a lot more established in their faith and super like knowledgeable in certain aspects. And so I've kind of seeked out um, certain like mentors and, and that regards to really help with my spiritual and my Christian life. And so that's been something that's been very helpful for me over the past like, year or two. Yeah, I find that interesting. Do you know, do you feel like a lot of the people that you inter you interview um that have had a lot of success in life, is there a common theme of some sort of belief there? You know, um it's or do people because, talk about that? Um it's it's interesting. Um we 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 definitely met a decent amount of people that have had you know just tremendous success and um there's a community that we're kind of involved in. Uh, it's own it's uh, like a venture capital community and it's it's actually a like Christian kind of like faith based that they oh, hold cool. they hold conferences and uh, we were actually at a, a conference this past week uh, and the CEO of Intel and a couple other like really big business owners were there and it was kind of like faith based and so we have found that there are a lot of um, people that are kind of in alignment in regards to it's like they've had a tremendous amount of success with their companies and, and growing them and selling them and and there is that backbone of like faith and Christianity there. Um, we, and that's something that like I really appreciate because that is the thing is like there's you don't necessarily see a ton of big entrepreneurs necessarily like talk about you know their faith and, and relationship with God. There are those out there, but you don't see too often. So um, it's it's really cool like whenever you can find that. Right. Is your brother and Josh are are the three of you? Do you three have that commonality? Yes. Yes. Okay. All, all three of us do. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That'll make I think that'll make uh, business a lot easier. Um, as far as interviews. What has been your favorite interview this far? And have you, like, do you have like a dream interview, a person who you're just like, damn, I want them so bad? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, I would say <clears throat> dream interview, just because I was a big fan of, uh, uh, and I still am, like a big fan of like MMA. Oh, um, cool. I would love to do Conor McGregor, you oh, know, because not, I mean, one of the greatest fighters of all time, but he also, the transition from being a fighter to owning like a whiskey company that he, you know, I valued at like 600 million. So he's really gone to the top of the fight industry. You know, he's got businesses, the August McGregor fashion line. So it's like, he's in so many different, and I just think that his personality, his delivery would be amazing um, because he, he is kind of, he had that like came from nothing story. Mm -hmm. um, another one, again, controversial, but I just would love to talk, I mean, just the way he thinks, he just thinks so differently, but I think Kanye West, again, oh, I agree. Of, yeah, I, I just I, I would love to just, you know, talk to him and because the way he thinks is so differently, you know, um, and, and I really, you know, again, someone else again came from nothing, went to the top of the music game, uh, you know, the Yeezy, you know, had a he's a billionaire. I think I think he would be great as well. I'd love to do a Gary Vee. I think would be amazing. Um, I mean, the, the, there's definitely 
a lot. There's some some actors like I, I love Mark Wahlberg. I think would be a good one. Um, and as far as like favorite interviews that we've done, um, I'm trying to think. Let's like, is see. there any that like really stood out to you? And by the way, I'm sure you'll get all those. I can't wait to watch your journey and see where it goes. And I'm sure you'll get every single one of those interviews. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, what 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 interviews stuck out in your mind? Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Really <laughs> cool. it, it's because we, we've interviewed over a thousand people I'm trying to think about one in particular. One or two. Uh, I mean, uh, like, is there anything like crazy that has happened? I, that is actually a question I, my husband and I were talking about this morning. Has has there any ever been anyone who like, you know, when you walk up to a person, a lot of times people think like, you know, you put a microphone in their face. They are like, get the fuck away from me. They're like thinking you're crazy or something like that. Has there anyone oh, that's yeah, ever been yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How's that been? Yeah. We, Oh yeah, so so I I, I actually there's actually one that did come to mind that I that I really did enjoy, okay. and I think that you would like it as well. Um, but in so I'll get back to that in a second. Yeah. But uh, there's there's been numerous times where we've gone up to people and they're like they're like you get that fucking camera out of my face or or <laughs> exactly. they, they you know said 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 something like that. Um, and and that's just and some people just are are terrified of like technology and social media. And to be fair, it's like I mean honestly I don't even know how I would sometimes take it if like someone just randomly was recording me came up to me with kind of like a mic and was like asking me questions so you know it's, it's funny because it's like you know we'll just go up and a question that we'll ask is like you know you know if you were to go back to when you're not a high school or college and you're having a conversation with your 20 year old self what's the best advice that you can tell your younger self and it's it's some, some people would kind of just look at you and be like don't talk to strangers that's pretty good they'll say like like don't talk to strangers on the street or something like that so it's, it's kind of funny um but one in particular that honestly did uh, that, that stood out is honestly it's funny, but honestly I liked it a lot. Because I asked uh, this, this guy named Nico Lagan, and um, he's was in sales. Ended up leaving a sales job. He's actually from Canada. It was visiting Austin. I'm originally from Canada. Bet you didn't know wow. that. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I moved and, from uh, Canada to Arkansas. Wow, that's that's incredible. And uh, I asked him kind of like what advice he would tell you know people coming out of college, starting out in the real world. And his advice was literally, you know, don't be a bitch. Don't don't be a bitch. And what he was meaning by that was is that, you know, uh he started to go read kind of like the history of like, you know, prior to, you know, uh World War II, you know, you had you had boys and you had men. You know, you you went to either you went to war, you know, your dad died, so you had to become like that that man in the household. Um, and and you had to kind of like provide there. But he's talking about how like now in today's world. You know, you have boys, you have, and you have these things called teenagers. Meaning, it's like, uh, you know, got guys who kind of wake up when they're like thirty years old. They're like, "What the fuck happened to my life?" Because they they spent it all wasting it. They just got they were just really comfortable. And he was talking about how like that used to never be a thing until now. It's kind of like the modern world where you have all this like access to all the crypto dopamine and, and all these different things. And so I thought that that was a really like fascinating interview. Um, I'll have to send you the link if you haven't seen it before, but I, I'm sure your husband honestly probably really like it too. Um, but it was it, it was a really uh, solid interview. It was it was a longer one. I think the entire interview itself was like 13 or 15 minutes. So oh, wow. our interviews can really, they can range anywhere from 30 seconds, you know, one question all the way up to 20, 30 minutes. Sometimes it really just depends on the conversation, like the person if they're receptive, if they're enjoying it, then we'll keep going. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a really good, good interview that we've done, and it was really just talking about again, like the advice was don't be a bitch. It's like you know, it's like realize that nobody's coming to like save you. If you want the light, like you you have to you have to provide it. You have to you know do do it for yourself. No, you know it's it's your responsibility to kind of like take the charge. And that's I think a really big reason of why the three of us are very um, you know kind of driven and 
want to do big things early on because it's all about like the lifestyle that you want to live. It's like I said, nobody's coming to do it for you. It's, you have to put the work in it and you work for that life, you know? I just love, oh my God, I just love you guys. I, I just hope you all become billionaires. Everyone, like, because this, you guys are saving so much of what is happening right now. Like, there needs to be strong, successful males that say, you know what? I'm taking personal responsibility for my life. No one is coming to save me. There's no fucking <clears throat> handouts, nor should there be. I am willing to bust my ass and to create this life that I want that is full of joy and purpose and money and, and, and abundance and happiness and all of the things. And I feel like a big portion of social media is telling you that you're the fucking problem. And I think that's the biggest problem we have right now. America, in my personal opinion, I'm originally from Canada, but I think America is literally the greatest country on the planet because you have the ability to do whatever you want if you want to work for it. And people are nowadays making you feel like you're wrong for wanting that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it infuriates me. It makes me so angry. So I'm so thankful that there's strong masculine you know, hardworking, driven men who are just like, no, fuck that noise. Like, I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to create this life and I'm going to be okay with saying like, it takes a lot of work. You guys, like you said, you have the ability to pick up. I, we were supposed to do this interview before and you're like, oh, we got an invite to Denver. How fucking cool is that? Like within moments, you guys can be on a plane doing this next thing. And so many people, first of all, there's a lot of people that would never actually do it. They think about all the reasons why they couldn't. They think about all the reasons why it doesn't work out. Like you guys are just like, you're living in this time, this age and whatever, where you guys literally are like, absolutely say yes to fucking every opportunity under the sun. That's what I did when I was in my golf career and I was making like $10,000 a day. If someone said jump, I said, how fucking high let's go. Because I had like, I knew that that's what was going to get me to where I wanted to be. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick funny story. Please. So you know, this is kind of another uh, interaction we had uh, with someone. And, um, you know, we had asked him to do an interview. You know, he was just getting off a call. And <clears throat> this man in particular was, I'd say, I, I think he's actually, you know, it's like 60. Yeah, I think he's around 60. But he was dressed um, in all this designer from from head to toe. Um, you know, like he had like, a Fendi jacket and some Dior or Gucci pants and uh, Dior glasses. And just like just from luxury designer head to toe. He's 60 years old. I did you not. And um, we asked him, like, hey, sir, you know, wanted to know if we could do an interview with you um, and just kind of ask you a few questions. And this was this was very early on. This was a, a long time ago. And so he said, he said, yeah, just just give me just one moment, please. OK, so, you know, we give him a minute or so. He's responding back to someone, you know, and, and he turns around. And he's like, he's, he goes, all right. So and he, just, he starts recording us. He starts like recording us and he goes, state your names. Right. And so he, he states your names. Where, where, like, like, where are you from, and all this and that. He's like literally like giving us like a briefing, like he's trying to file like a, like a police report, right? And so eventually he asked like he's, like, he's like, like, let me see you guys like IDs, and we're like, we're like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. like we literally just wanted to like do like an interview with you, like we're it's harmless, like I promise you, like we're not trying to do anything weird. Anyways, stops recording because like we went like like the IDs or whatever, and ends up like walking away. So he walks away and I'm like talking to my brother and I was just like, I was just like, dude, I don't like the fact that you just kind of like recorded this like that. Like, you know, if anything, like we asked him if we could record him, but it's like, dude, I don't feel comfortable with him just like taking that video asking for like all of our like, information. So I kind of like, kind of like ran after the guy. I was like, I was like, hey man, like you need to like, like delete that video off your phone. Like, like I asked you if I could like 
like towards you and like you've got a bunch of like personal information for me like on like video and uh and he's like and he's like you know no you know like I, I technically like don't have to whatever and uh and i was kind of explaining like what we were really trying to do and breaking down like our channel and i showed him it you know he saw that we had a pretty big audience at the time he's like he's you know kind of was more like receptive to it hesitant wasn't doing the interview but he goes he goes i'm looking for a uh like like a bar or something like that you guys want to like join me or whatever and we were just like I mean, this guy like like what the fuck why not right and and again it comes back to what we were saying is like say yes to everything because we could have easily been like the like, hell no dude delete the video we'll never see you again but we're like and what started off as like a really weird interaction and i'd be like just being like dude what are you doing and like wanted to like never see this guy again we we're just like why not right let's do it so we started like walking around downtown austin like just the three of us just my brother and i and then and this man yeah i'll get to who he is in a second but uh we're walking around and he's asking us a bunch of questions asking us about our family life and where we're from all this and that what we're doing what our parents do and eventually after kind of like five or ten minutes just walking around we finally get outside of the bar that this guy's just talking about and he goes all right now you guys can like ask me questions and so i asked him like one or two questions and then like the third question i asked was like so like what exactly like, do you do and he goes i run the largest law firm in the state of texas <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 quickly so the thing is is if you're not i don't you're not from texas so you wouldn't know like who he is necessarily but this guy his name is thomas j henry if you're from texas you know who he is because he's on super bowl commercials here he's oh. like probably the biggest personal brand like you're, you're not driving through a single city in texas without seeing this guy on billboard and the reason why we didn't notice him at first is because you used to see this guy in suits and all that and this guy is dressed designer from head to toe and we were just like like just couldn't believe it and my brother goes wait a minute are, are you thomas j and he goes i am you guys want to go have a drink so we end up literally for two hours just the three of us my brother and i and thomas j Henry, who he owns the largest law firm in texas just you know chopping it up about life and, and talking about his story kind of about us and um you know he was giving us some really good life advice and stuff like that and so it was i mean that was I had forgot about that, but that was honestly probably one of the crazier interactions that he that he had with someone just off the street. And it, where it started out was is me like resenting the guy and you know you know getting like super mad, and he was you know mad at us and super cautious. It ended up being you know we connected with him on Instagram and everything after. And so um, we ran into him a couple other times, but it's just funny kind of like how that how that interaction kind of worked out. You know? So that's why again, it's like you said, you always you just always have to say yes because there's been other times where like. You know, people have like invited us up to their apartments or stuff like that. And these people are, you know, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's like, you just never, you never say no to, uh, when you get an opportunity and stuff like that. But a lot of people, they, they do like, no, but it's like, just, you just, again, take the risk or lose the chance. Absolutely. You know, one of my, one of my mentors, I, I climbed Kilimanjaro probably three years ago for a charity with 12 successful, very, very successful people. I was honored to be a part of it. And I got, I'm telling you, it was one of the greatest experiences ever because there was 12 of us. So 11 other people who all were worth, you know, millions of dollars. And I got so much time with each one of them. And one guy ended up being a very good friend and mentor of mine now. And he said that, you know, there's always a way to yes. And you can always figure out a way to yes. Kind of like the back door, uh, the third door thing that you were talking about. If you work hard enough in this world, there's always a way to yes. And you can always figure out how to be successful and be around the most successful people. And I just think what you're doing is truly incredible. Your parents should be super, super proud. Um, is it just you and your brother, Jack, or do you guys have other siblings? It's, yeah, it's just us too. 
Oh, cool. What do your parents think about what you're doing? You know, um, at, at the beginning, you know, because our, our parents are, I'd say, a lot more traditional, you know, yeah. in the sense that uh, they, they're very, my dad was a West Point grad, went to the military academy. Uh, my mom went to, uh, you know, she went to UT, actually. So that was a big reason why my brother ended up going to UT and then I followed in after. I was kind of like born and raised a longhorn. Um, but so at the beginning, they were kind of just like, you know, it, it was just new to them, right? Because it's like, you know, you're making money through social media and, and you know, right in the past, my brother had a lot of success through his consulting and, and running his business and working for clients or working with clients. And, um, and I had, I had success on social media as well. And then they started to like, kind of like see results and you can actually get paid to really monetize your passions and do what you love. And eventually, you know, they've been very receptive to it. Now my mom is like the biggest like advocate. She, she just like, she's like, she, the, the interview that she really wants uh, us to get is, uh, she's like dying for us to get a, a Matthew McConaughey interview. Oh my God. That'd be great in Austin. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he's exactly he's based yeah. in Austin. He actually, yeah. he's a professor at a class at UT. He teaches a yeah. class called script. He teaches a class called uh, it's script to screen. So it's kind of like a director, kind of like how you really bring uh, like films to life. Um, and so, but she, she, she loves what we do. She watches all of our videos and my dad as well. You know, he's, I think become a lot more, uh, you know, as I said before, it was kind of unfamiliar to them at first and they were, you know, a lot more traditional. My dad was kind of pushing for, you know, my brother to go get that, you know, high paying you know, six figure, you know, job in, in software or, or, you know, in, in analytics or something like that in, in tech. Uh, but he's just, you know, I think a lot more now receptive to because it's again, you show the results that you, you do, that you do what you do and that you really, you know, there's like good intentions behind it. And it's like, they've definitely came a lot more and came a lot more like supportive of it. Yeah, it's very cool. You know, I interviewed a guy, very controversial, probably the most controversial interview I've ever done. He's a, he got banned from sports gambling. His name is Vegas Dave. He's got hundreds of millions wow. of followers on all the <clears> things, but he loved, like he's, he's hardcore into gambling. A lot of people hate him, but all of that to be said, he's, he loves his parents more than anything in one breath. He said, I would like lay down, like the reason why he works is to buy his parents a house, loves his parents. And then in the next breath, he said, sometimes you just have to do the opposite of what your parents want you to do because your parents just want you to be safe and your parents want you to be happy, but your parents don't know how to make you happy and how to put, make you safe. And I'll, I'll be honest, when I first started doing the things that I was doing, I mean, my parents didn't get it. it. It really, until I was able to be like, oh yeah, here's my bank account. Here's what I do. And here's, you know, here's, this is a quote unquote real job. You know, it's hard to explain. And so I, I commend you for doing the thing that's kind of a little bit off color. I, I mean, I do feel like for your demographic <clears throat> now, like having an online presence or an online based business, I think is, much more common, but I totally commend you for doing the thing that like, doesn't feel like quote unquote, the right path, but it's following something that you love and you guys are working hard and you're making a difference and your why behind it, I think is like the reason why it's gonna succeed. I mean, you guys truly did it. Like you said, you did it to actually help the younger generation understand what it takes to be successful when a lot of people don't have that mentorship. So it's so cool to get to talk to you. I, I mean, I hope you guys just like absolutely crush the rest of your lives. I am a huge fan. I'll be watching for a long time. Um, I always ask everyone one last question, and it, that is, if um, what was the best decision that you've ever made? At the time, it may have not been the best decision, but what do you really feel like is the best decision you've ever made? The best decision was definitely moving to Austin. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, it, I just again, I, like I said, I'm a big uh, advocate and believer that like of just like surrounding yourself with the right people. Whereas, you know, when we were living in DC, people 
were very close-minded. You know, the thought of starting your own media channel or starting your own business, you had a lot of people. And you said something that I, that I really liked in kind of that previous segment a little bit was that uh, about like, it's very easy to kind of like take advice from people. Maybe it's your, your family, your parents, your teachers, your friends. And, you know, they may kind of try to direct you one path. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to remember that like you're living your life for you. you know, your parents aren't going to be here forever. There's friends in your life. They're not going to be in your life forever. So it's like you have to ultimately do like, it's going to make you feel fulfilled and happy and all those things. And so really when getting out of DC, first of all, getting not only did I move to a city where I only knew one person, but you just, you're surrounding yourself with people uh, that are, you know, it's very collaborative. People are so willing to provide value for you. And again, you got, you got out of that like closed minded where the epitome of success for all those people in DC for 90% of them is that, that six figure government contracting job. And it's like, you know, when you get to an environment where people are striving for just better and better things and there's so much money and opportunity just like investing and pouring into the city, it's like that was easily the best decision I made. I wouldn't say necessarily coming to college, but making that move from DC, like the DC area to Austin, that is like really what allowed us to take off and connect with like the best people that we could and, and really elevate ourselves and just through content and honestly, just every aspect of our life. That is amazing. Yeah. You know, I did. I came from a very middle-class middle family, but I always worked at private country clubs. And then when I started <clears> playing <throat> professional golf, I was around very successful people because I was hired to play golf with executives, like very, very well-known, you know, multi-seven-figure, you know, eight-figure business executives. And I was always around wealthy people. And I will say you being you putting yourself in close proximity with people who have an unlimited amount of money is one of the best things that you can possibly do because at the age of 20, you know, like, <clears throat> fuck you, wealth exists. And a lot of yeah. people don't understand that there's so much money in this world and it's your job to go get it. Like if you're a really good human doing something good in this world, you can make so much money. So I think it's one of the coolest things that you're just surrounded by unlimited wealth. And now you understand it's real staying in DC, making six figures. Like a lot of people think a couple hundred thousand dollars a year is a lot of money. Now you're like, Oh my God, that's pocket change. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Right. Crazy. So crazy. Well, James, I'm so, so grateful. Where do everyone find you? How do they, I mean, I'm sure they know, but tell us all, all the platforms, all the things. Yeah. If you just look up uh, the school of hard knocks on Instagram, it's with a Z, but everything else is just the school of hard knocks. Uh, you can find us TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube as well. Um, you know, we're going super heavily, heavily into like longer form content on YouTube. So definitely check us out there. We've been going really fast over the last few weeks. Um, and then also like my personals, if you just look up James Dublin on TikTok and real James Dublin on Instagram, uh, you'll find me there. So uh, Christina, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation. James, absolutely. I'm wishing you guys the best of luck. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.